Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Hi there. Welcome to New Life Live. Really glad you're with us here today. It's a very special program today because we're doing this program in front of um, a live studio. Well, no, actually a live audience, not in the studio and the reason that you didn't hear them clap is that they're being so nice and quiet. But we have folks that we uh, are on a little gathering with. It's a marriage retreat, and uh, they are here. And well, it's great to be in front of them. In fact, they can clap. talk or clap or whatever they want to do. <laughs> but oh, look, there you are. Thank you. That, that spontaneity is pretty pretty phenomenal. Anyway, glad you're with us here, and uh, anybody that uh, ever wants to join us on the program can do that at 1-800-229-3000. And joining me, Dr. Jim Burns over there, is uh, the head of Homeward, and he's our speaker here at this event. Jim and I have been friends and co-authors for many, many years. Jim, welcome. Good to see you. Good to be here. Even before the program, you're doing some stand-up comedy Steve, you'll have to do that on the show someday. Yeah, you know, people say to me, you should have been a stand-up comedian. And I think, oh, boy, that would have been a great life, wouldn't it? 300 nights on the road. And uh, I read Steve Martin's book, uh, Born Standing Up or something like that, where if you do well, the joy of that for a stand-up comedian lasts about 20 minutes. But most times you don't. So uh, I'm really thankful that 35 years ago. By the way, we just celebrated our 35th. Uh, birthday last week. Hey, congratulations! That's awesome. Yay! And um, and and then and then now, thirty-five years later, we have president sitting next to me, Becky Brown. <laughs> Hi, Becky. everybody. <laughs> and uh, Becky was a clinician that we used, and started working with our workshops, and then she became part of New Life, and uh, she just spoke to this group. And the thing that I love that you said, Becky, is that you are New Life's greatest fan, mm. and. And I'm your greatest fan. Oh, so uh, we're really thrilled to get to do this. I thought that since some in the, our audience here doesn't really know what we're all about, Becky, you when you were telling these three things, yes. I had already written them down. I, I was know. showing to Jim. But uh, one of the things that we founded this on, three things, but it's not just truth, but it's true truth. And so many people... Uh, do not like Jesus and do not like church and the Bible because something has been misinterpreted. Like Ephesians 5.21 gets left out, which says, submit yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ. They just focus on women need to submit to the man. Well, there are about, uh, I don't know, 40 words about a woman needing to submit, followed by over 100 words on a man's need to die to himself for his wife. And uh, a lot of people, when they, they see that, they just hear this dictator doormat thing versus mutuality, which is what is really called for. So we really try to communicate truth the way God intended it through his word. And then connection, redemptive connection. A lot of people have never been in a redemptive relationship. Their parents, it was not redemptive. And then they go out and marry somebody, and and that's not redemptive. And we want to be redemptive. We want to see that connection be redemptive. And um, to that end, 
the connection piece, we're connected with you. Like people in this room, they have access anytime, not just here. And uh, I put my email address in all my books because I want to be connected to people that need connection. And then transformation. It's not about feeling better, but it's about transformation. And, And the scripture says that we have to allow God to change the way we think. It's not us changing the way we think, but we surrender and allow God to change the way we think. And then that's what produces the transformation. When you think about it, changing the way you think, not that big a deal. Probably the hardest thing in the world <laughs> yeah. to let God change the way you think. Mm. Well, when we come back, we're going to take some calls. Sure glad that you're with us here on the air and in the room. We have some of the greatest people, except that one couple, that are, ju- are here with us today. And uh... To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back and uh, glad you're <laughs> with us here today. And, you know, we're in this hotel and Lisa... Someone here named Lisa comes to Becky and said, you need to talk to this lady because she lost her husband. How, how long ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. It's really tough. And so Becky, being the compassionate person that she is, wants to help her. So she needs to find out where she lives. She says she lives in Dayton, Ohio. Becky lives in Dayton, Ohio. I mean, is that an accident? Is it's that just, a coincidence? I don't think so. No, it's the Lord working before and after and between and all of those connections. It's that redemptive relationship. It is. So I, I just love stories that you just simply cannot make that up. Dayton, Ohio, all the people in the world. She's right there in the elevator. Okay, let's go to Sue, Atlanta, Georgia. She listens on Sirius XM, satellite radio channel 131 at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Sue, welcome. You are on with Jim, Becky, Steve, and 47 other people right here in the room. How are you doing? Wonderful. How are you? Doing okay. Um, how could we help today? Well, um, I have this situation where I tend to, and some of my friends also who I um, volunteer with, we tend to take on people's problems for ourselves. You know, it's that compassion fatigue. Yeah. And we're just trying to figure out and learn how to go in and be the assistance to be the Jesus' hand and feet without totally being absorbed and being pulled down. Yeah. So, Becky, you've been trained in how not to care uh, <laughs> beyond the session. That you, I mean, really, it is a, a thing that therapists learn, how to not take things out of the office and take it back home. Uh, what What is it that Sue and her friends could do to care but not have to live it. Well, Sue, one of the big challenges is accepting the fact that you can't do everything for everyone. And part of their own work is to experience, there's going to be struggles that they experience, there's going to be pain, and you have to find a place to put that. When I was first trained as a therapist um, a million years ago, uh, we were taught that um, we have to be fully present. And so if we get all absorbed in what their pain is, it takes us out of the room. Literally, we're so absorbed in what they're doing or feeling that we we don't have that objectivity, which is so crucial 
to the counseling process. Um, one of my good friends who was also in the helping profession said to me early on, she said when she would leave her clinical work for the day, she would begin to pray for those folks and just give them back to God, knowing that mm-hmm. she had done the best that she could in that day and that God loves them more than you do and your friends do, Sue. And so trusting God um, to, to move in their lives in a way that's going to be helpful. And also, it, it also helps you kind of, um, I don't want to say compartmentalize in a bad way, but it's literally the best thing. There has to be a break between what you're doing or else you are going to burn out. And that's what you're experiencing right now. Um, Jim, you have a thought on that? Yeah. So first of all, I love that you have the empathy to care for people. And that's a God-given gift. And I'm so glad that you're using that gift. And sometimes when we have a God-given gift like this, it can also take us down. Uh, you're, I'm the president of the uh, People Pleasers Anonymous Club. Oh, uh, nice. They have one. I, I guess I'm not, but I'm, I feel like it sometimes. And sometimes I please people. I, I do this for the wrong reasons, the wrong motives. I'm trying to please them uh, and do ministry with them, but sometimes it's for the wrong reason. I have to make sure I'm looking at my own issues. And then I'm going to agree with Becky. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really important that we care and then we release it to God. There was a pope in a previous generation that actually said this. Historically, he said, I'm going to bed now, God. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you all of my problems. I'm going to give you the issues that I've worked through today because you've got to be up all night anyway. I'm going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I lo- what, what that meant was releasing it. And so I think all of us who, who care deeply for people like your empathy and your friends, we have to learn to release those issues. And like for me, I had to learn not to bring it home. Because I was bringing those things home, and it was on my mind and in my heart, and I wasn't effective as a as a dad or as a husband. And so I think when we begin to look at our life, we do have to compartmentalize yeah. it. And you say, you know, if I'm taking that home, it's not it, it's not helping my family. And then you know, you pick it back up and you deal with it the next day, and it's part of your job and calling. Well, can I say one more thing? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So I'm going to say one more thing. Yeah. Here's the she's thing. the president. The, now. <laughs> do what you want to do. The other thing, Sue, is that if you work, if you and your friends work on equipping the folks that you're serving. That's going to be the best thing ever. Like you're handing over tools because you're not going to walk with them the rest of their days, right? And so you want people to be able to have the tools that they're going to take with them, and it's going to make a huge difference in their lives. So I uh, actually have the URL for Narcissist Anonymous. Oh. Really proud of that. And uh, I thought, you know, I am one. Why not just start a whole group? So... (laughs) My wife would tell you that I have uh, refined the art of compartmentalization because that's what you do. And um, so here's a godly compartmentalization thing. Because as I've gotten older, and you might have noticed this, I don't know if the problems are deeper, richer, but I push away from the radio table when it's over, and I am I am devastated by some of the stuff we hear. So I feel it deeply. Rather than just say, okay, we're off radio now. So it is good to feel it. And then here's a little way to compartmentalize. Have a little, any little prayer box things for your fill out a card. So you write down the name of the person that you're feeling. Write their name down on the card. Put it in the prayer box. And say, kind of what you're saying there, Jim. Okay, God, it's yours. So that's a way to put it in a godly compartmentalizing way that enables you to say, okay, I deeply felt that person's pain. 
And I absolutely turn that person over to God. Okay? So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you, just for your call, I'm thanking you for calling, and I hope something we said was helpful. I'm going to send you, uh, Healing is a Choice, and I'll send you my wife's uh, one-year Bible for women that she did all the commentary on. And thank you, and God bless you, and hope that that's helpful there for you in Atlanta. Okay, let's go to, how about we go to Lindsay from Alexandria, Virginia, Virginia, listening on WAVA. Lindsay, how are you doing? And welcome. I'm doing good, Steve. Thank you. You're welcome. How can we help today? What's going on? Well, I'm calling. Uh, my situation in brief is that I've been married for 13 years to a man who is generally wonderful, but he does have bipolar. And when his bipolar flares, it is very rough in my home and in my relationship. So that is my issue. Okay. And so the question would be what? Well, it's kind of interesting, but right before I got on this call, I was on the phone with the Amen Clinic. Yeah. And um, got some really great information about having a brain scan that would give a lot of information and hopefully some relief to my husband so that he might stay even keeled a lot more than he has been. Right. So I'm factoring that into my question now, which it would have, my question would have been different prior to the phone call. It would have been, how do I, how do I decide if I can keep going through this emotional roller coaster or whether I need to have a separation from my husband. Now I feel, and, and, and my husband was here during the phone call, so he participated yeah. in it. Good. And he seems to be willing to spend the not inconsiderable sum to have his scan. Right. So okay. now I feel more hopeful. Um, and I, my question, I guess, I know you've had Dr. Amen on the show right. uh, several times. Uh, any thoughts you might have on the scan possibly helping us to get things more on track. Yes. So one question is, who's prescribing the medication for your husband? Well, he had a long-term psychiatrist who he would see in person. Mm -hmm. uh, however, he retired. Someone else took over the practice, and we're not happy with that person. Okay. And one of the things I said to the gal from Amen Clinic is that Ideally, we would love to see, um, can my husband get off of all this psychotropic medication because he's been on it for 20 years. Okay, so here's the and thing. Let me, let me tell you why I asked. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I got this time thing. No. So no, if he's been ahead. on uh, the same bipolar medication for 20 years, most likely there is a better medication. And mm -hmm. that's one of the problems is people stay with something and then they have flare-ups. Well, there's no need for the flare-up. He, he, if he gets on the right medication, then he's going to have a much, much better life. And sometimes people go to an old psychiatrist like that who's retired. They don't, they don't uh -huh. stay up to date. They're not with it. And so they just keep doing the same old stuff. Your husband has a great future in store, and so do you. And I'm so glad you didn't separate because he needs you now and you have a chance to enjoy him. And the, the thing about Dr. Amen is his, 
His question is, how can you truly treat a brain if you never see what's going on in the brain? And so he does the scan, and then that helps him and his team better prescribe the medication that's needed. Uh, I have ADHD, and every time I've had a psychiatrist, I have to have an exploring psychiatrist because the medication that works for me this year won't work next year. So we're always looking at the newest thing, and would that work, and would that work better? That's what I want for you. So you're absolutely on the right track here in going to Dr. Amen. And Lindsay. And and Lindsay. Well, there was amazing Oz there. It was Oz. Uh, okay, were yes. You were, one, you were incredible. It's so incredible. <laughs> well, it, you, it's true. Yeah. So here's the thing, though, Lindsay. What I just heard you say is how to decide if I should stay or go. And a lot yeah. of times in marriage, we have these big crises like what you're describing. And Uh then we make a decision, a life-altering decision of staying or going. And I think you need to probably focus on one life-altering challenge at a time, and that's his health. And so I love that you're connecting um, with Dr. Amen and the clinic. There also is the the counseling component when we're talking about bipolar disorder for anyone – it isn't just medication. It is also understanding the the way that your brain is working differently and um, dealing with those ups and downs. And bipolar is as unique as each individual who experiences it. It's not one fits all like what you were saying. Yeah. Um, and I also think, Lindsay, you're going to have to have marriage support at the same time so that it's not just all about him and his mental health, but it's also how do we connect as a couple and how do we, um, you know, deal with this thing that's in our life and make it the best possible situation. And, um, of course, I would send her the book that we did, Understanding and Loving a Person with Bipolar yeah. Disorder, but I'd love to hear what Jim says. Yeah. You know, uh, Lindsay, I, I appreciate so much that you're trying to help your husband, and that is a, a, a great goal. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So taking it a yeah. little different route, what they're saying is all right. Um, he and, and the Amen Clinic is not always the answer, but that's a great thing, and, and of course, the medication. However, with you, I want to focus on you for a minute. Let's pretend that he had... Oh, he was an alcoholic. Well, how you would get the tools to deal with your alcoholic husband would be that you would go to Al-Anon or you would, you know, read books on that. So make sure that you're getting the support you need because then you may not be saying, Oh, I, I'm going to leave this marriage because the grass is greener. What you're going to, what you're going to do is have the support system and the tools to help him be all that he can be. You're not responsible for his bipolar. You're responsible for right. making sure that your soul is in a good place. And so I really want to encourage you that, yeah, we're talking about counseling for him and a psychiatrist and medicine and all that, but don't just focus on him. Make sure that you're taking care of your own soul. There's a phrase a woman once said to me, untended fires soon become nothing but a pile of ashes. Tend the fire within you. Yeah, very good. Anybody that's married to bipolar must become trisolar. And what that means, trisolar, is you need to try everything under the sun to get that person the right treatment, or you make your life miserable, including take care of yourself. Amen. So, bipolar, trisolar, great combination. You're listening to New Life Live. You need help. We have people that woke up this morning wanting to help you. And they're at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. If we knew your number, we'd call you because we love helping people. We don't have your number. You have to call us, 1-800-NEW-LIFE. We'll take a break. We'll come right back with more of New Life Live. We're here at this time every week, 
3,000. And thank you for being with us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Steve Arterburn here with all of these wonderful people in the room and also Dr. Jim Burns and Becky Brown, president of New Life. I want to mention to you that we have our next workshop coming up, Emotional Freedom, December the 2nd. It's online. And one of the things that you might not know, but our intensives that we do, whether online or offline, um, or off-centered, whatever they are, unbalanced, they They're include, not unbalanced. <laughs> they include being with a clinical counselor, Christian clinical counselor. Mm-hmm. So you hear someone speak and then you go into a group with a few other people and you do the work. And it really does change. And that's how when Jim Phyllis was up here earlier talking about the transformation of a couple in a weekend, it doesn't do everything, but the trajectory is totally changed, and uh, it's just a fantastic thing that we get to witness. But emotional freedom is on December the 2nd, whether it's uh, bipolar or or depression or living with anybody with anything, that's the one to go to because we're going to help you live that life. Every Man's Battle is December 1, 2, and 3 in Dallas, and then Lose It for Life online January the 27th. Intimacy and Marriage, February 16, 17, and 18. By the way, Fred Stoker and I, you know, we wrote Every Man's Battle, what, 20 years ago, I think. We are revising almost everything in it right now. It's going to be a much, much better book, as if, you know, uh, it wasn't good enough. But it was good yeah, when it, it came good. out. It was great then. But now, it, you know, we need to update it. As Francis Schaeffer said, the, the truth of Scripture needs to be re-articulated into every new generation, which means translations need to be updated, which a lot of people don't know, but they are, other than King James, they are being updated all the time. Well, we're going to update that one. Anyway, I hope that if you've never been part of one of our transformational uh, experiences, give it a try. I I haven't ever heard anybody say to me, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Right, right. Well, and even in emotional freedom, because we're at the end of 2023, as you go into 2024, take care of that thing that's keeping you stuck. And that's why we do that particular workshop. We want you to have freedom in your life. Yep. You can do it. And by the way, uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about here uh, at this session with these folks is tomorrow, uh, because tomorrow never comes. Mm -hmm. There's only power in today, right now. So pick up the phone, 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Make that call. It could change everything. All right, let's go and talk with Janet from Columbia, Georgia. She also listens on SiriusXM. Hello, Janet. How are you? Hello, team. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing all right. Good, good, good. Hey, Becky, good to hear you online again. Hi, Janet. Um, uh, well, you guys are you guys. cousins? We must be friends. friends. Yes, or? Janet. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad good. to be here. <laughs> All right. I, I talked to you guys back um, back last year when my son and then daughter-in-law were going through some struggles, and they have since divorced. Um, and now my biggest struggle is grandkids. Um, they have two beautiful girls, 9 and 10, uh, almost 10 and 11. And um, the old, the youngest is not being very nice 
uh, respectful or anything else like that to her sister. She just gives her a hard time all the time. And so it's the youngest picking on the oldest. And um, the oldest is a, is a sweetie pie, but she will only take so much before she kind of starts to, you know, fight back. So well, what, what are their ages? What, 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 what are the ages? What are the ages? Uh, they are um, 10, and, uh, 10 and almost 11, so almost 10 this month and then 11. Okay. So fortunately, we've got Jim Burns here, who is author of Doing Life with Our Adult Children. And it's, it's also, it could be Doing Life with Our Adult Children and Adult Grandchildren. Sure. Uh, because so often a grandparent has a more direct role, especially in the cases of divorce, than the parent does. But um, how could she, and, and the risk is, if she does too much in the wrong way or taken the wrong way, she never gets to see the grandkids again, because, uh, or especially if, if they're being raised by the mother. So what does she do, Jim? And I'm really expecting you to have the perfect answer here. <laughs> hey, hey, Janet, I have a question for you. How is your relationship with your daughter-in-law now that the divorce has happened? Um, it's almost non-existent. Yeah. Um, quirk, the quirky thing about it is she actually works for me. Hmm. Um, and, um, so we're kind of cordial when it comes to work. Um, and we can have a conversation and she has said, you're the grandmom. They love you. We want, uh, you know, they're going to continue to be in your life. So yeah. she's not cut us off or anything like that. Right, right. And um, it, it, you're in a complicated situation because, uh, you know, even the added complication of that she works with you and yet at the same time uh, she is, you know, divorced from your son. The reason I ask that is because <clears throat> actually you answered the question because she's giving you the the ability to still be with those grandkids and that's a beautiful thing. I think you got to make sure that you're not parenting those grandkids. You're the grandma. And in doing that, the parenting side, that's still her job, and she needs to know that, that you're not replacing that. But I think with those grandkids, you can be that cheerleader and the lover, and sometimes you can bring in things, but mainly just keep to, my opinion, is just keep to the grandparenting side, and uh, hopefully grand, uh, you know, your son and your uh, daughter-in-law, ex-daughter-in-law, you know, they can take care of the parenting side, and you can kind of be the mentor on that. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about this concept of prove and practice that you could pass down to the 11-year-old. And in the meantime, if you need some help, you call us, 1-800-NEW-LIFE. And really, consider one of these year-end workshops, intensives, so that 2024 isn't infected with all the stuff from 2023. We'll be back. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. We're glad you joined us for New Life Live. 
To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back to Gardner here, and really glad you're with us here today. We are in South Carolina with some uh, really wonderful people that we're spending this time with, three days, and uh, many of them supporters, many hopefully super supporters, future supporters of us. And um, if you support us, we're going to send you a little gift to say thank you. It's Dr. Henry Cloud's book entitled Trust, and it's so great because a lot of times we trust too easily, and and that's not good, or we don't trust when somebody's showing us, hey, I'm a trustworthy person, even though maybe I failed or betrayed you before. It's a wonderful book. It's our way of saying thank you, gift of any amount. Now, we're talking to Janet, and Janet, uh, there's this concept of prove and practice that you could, as an affirming, loving, caring, teaching grandmother, sit down with the child that's picking on the other one, and and talk to her about the fact that sometimes we do things and we get in these ruts and sometimes it's really great to prove to ourselves that we're not in a rut that we still have the ability to choose what we're going to do for instance if it's always tempting for you to be negative about your sister if it's if it seems like everything that happens with your sister, you say something that's mean, well, why don't you prove to yourself that you have a choice and practice doing the opposite of what you've been doing. Practice that. Like if you want to say, well, you're so stupid. Um, maybe you practice saying, well, you're not the dumbest person in the world or something different than what naturally comes to mind. And maybe, just maybe, she will see that as, a, as something to do and to practice. And then you tell her, every time you think of something that you want to say that's really mean, and you practice this, I want you to tell me. And uh, because I'm gonna, I've got a little reward system that I'm going to tell you about and it'll take about 30 days, and then I'm going to tell you about this little reward system. So she, if she does this, most likely she will, then you figure out what would be an appropriate reward to affirm her because, you know, just saying, hey, great job to a 10-year-old is different than getting them something that they absolutely love to play with or have, whatever. So that's one thing that you might be able to do, and it sure works a lot better uh, than the negative comment about you're always so horrible or you're always so mean. I love that, and it also builds in their um, self-awareness of how they are with other people. One thing I just want to say, Janet, it's inter- it is interesting that your daughter-in-law works for you, and what I would want you to do is lean into making that the best relationship it can possibly yeah. be to to get rid of the silence, the awkwardness that you have because you have grandchildren from her. You're you know there's going to be many years ahead, and so you just gotta you know lean into that awkwardness. If you need a counselor to work with her through that, you know that's okay. But it really will make a huge difference not only in your connection with her as an employee or you know coworker, but also for your grandchildren as well because they're going to see the connection between the two of you. There's so many people that go through divorces, and they can have really good connection with the former 
you know, daughter-in-laws or son-in-law, whatever. But that's really where um, the future is for healing that relationship. Well, Jim mentioned to, to this group here, before you say something, you have to ask yourself, does it really matter that much? And before I would, working with her, before saying anything negative or critical, uh, I would really ask myself about 18 times, do I really have to say this? Does it really matter? Because... Uh, the more affirming, and, and Jim gave the ratio that the Gottmans talk about, five pluses for every minus. I would say in your case, I'd do five pluses. Yeah. And for as long as you possibly can, nothing critical or just uh, an observation or whatever, and that's going to be hard to do. But if you can do that, that would help. And, and you know what? One other thing, Janet, I was thinking about is because she works with you and because she's your daughter-in-law and she's the mother of your grandchildren, you might have to have that awkward conversation one time and sit down, not in, ever in the heat of the battle, but sit down and say, hey, I know this can be awkward. Yeah. You know, you were married to my son. I want you to know I, I want to support you. I want to support him. It's awkward for me. Just put it out there. And I want to love these kids the best way I can. Give me any kind of feedback. How can I serve you as the grandmother to your children? And in doing that, you're just, you put out the awkward moment. This is it. It's, it's going to be awkward at times. I want to make it the best I can. And when she sees that, and when she sees that intention in you, then I think she's going to respond to that in a really positive way. And you know, the great thing about that is when it's better, people will look at your relationship and go, wow, how do you guys yeah. do that? And that's what we want to see. We want to see that transformation. Better is always a good, good goal. Well, I'll send you a copy of uh, this book by Henry Cloud Trust and also Jim's book, uh, Doing Life with Our Adult Children. Hope that's going to be helpful. I'm really glad that you called, and we'd love to hear how things pan out and if anything uh, could change in that relationship. So right now, uh, let's go to Jack. Jack's calling from Indianapolis, Indiana, and he watches us on the YouTube channel, New Life Live YouTube channel. Jack, welcome to New Life Live, and um, how can we help today? Steve, Becky, and Jim, I heard the A-team was in today. <laughs> I had no choice but to call. Mm, thanks, thanks, Jack. Jack. What's going on? I, uh, yeah, I uh, have a roommate situation. Um, moved in uh, with a good buddy of mine who, who uh, has had some recent losses in his life. He lost his dad around 20 years old and then um, has gone through a divorce here uh, that finalized this year. He was pretty open uh, with me about uh, the depression that's kind of set in. He is seeing a counselor um, maybe twice a month, not on any medication, but uh, I just, I had a really at length discussion with him about, um, about God, about the Heavenly Father, about, um, I just really sense that that church is going to be a good thing for this guy, but he grew up Catholic. He is very resistant to anything God. He, he won't, uh, even join me for church. Uh, so I guess my question would be, what kind of advice do you have for someone that believes that everything just happens by chance and, and we're just here struggling through life, um, you know, trying to escape the big guy in the clouds that's got a magnifying glass that's, you know, trying to, uh, cause suffering. Uh, that's kind of his mentality. Jack, do you have an easier question that we could uh, answer for you? <laughs> Agree. 
because that's uh, that's a big one. Why I brought it to the A team? Yeah, that's a big one. Well, uh, Jim that's actually what I was specializes. Thinking. He specializes in the most difficult questions. Uh, because you know what, Jim? What a gift! If this we could is help a, this is an opportunity for you, and it's a long term. You know, we run marathons. We don't run sprints in in life. And so he's going to be watching you. He's you know relatively a new roommate, and uh, you know the good news is that. You earn the right to be heard. And so there'll be moments when you'll be able to talk and there'll be moments when you're, you know, going to show him love just by listening. But people change and people change their mind, especially people who sometimes don't have a belief in God. They see God at work in your life and they see God at work in others and, uh, and they respond. So yeah, he's going through some tough times. He's just been through a divorce. He's got some depression going on. Those are things that can actually bring him closer to you. Not you, Jack, but you uh, to God, and but also closer to you, and He sees the God in you. So, um, I think we have to be patient with that. I mean, my dad was not a believer, and I kind of gave up on him, and he was an alcoholic, and he becomes sober, and next thing you know, he's a Christian, mm-hmm. and uh, and I actually had kind of lost that. And one of the things he said is, he said, you know, I've been watching you and Kathy and the kids for a long time. Guy just teared up. It was weird, you know, talking to you. But the point being. You know, it took years. You know, we had a pat. In fact, he was the same pat. Steve and I had the same pastor at one time, and he used to say, "God is never too early, and He's never too late." Well, I've thought He's been a little late at times, but I'm not God, right? So, you know, pray for this guy. Continue to love on this guy, and then watch the transformation over the long term. I think that's important. Okay, Jack, a guy that is in trouble and doesn't want to even think about God may have a theological problem that you could correct. A lot of people will say things like, well, this is the way God made me. I I differ with that. Um, a predisposition to depression. Someone can say, well, that's just the way God, you know, all the, but we, we live in a fallen world, not in the garden. In the garden, people got made by God the way they got that God wanted them to be made outside of the garden. People are born not the way God wants them to be made, not with a predisposition to depression. That isn't what God wants. A spina bifida baby isn't the way God wants a baby to be born, but in a fallen world, there's disease and there are defects that happen. Well, I'll tell you some more about this later, but clarifying who God really is and what God really does in a fallen world outside the Garden of Eden sometimes can be a game changer for folks, especially with some of the stupid things that stupid Christians say. By the way, it does say that if, if, uh, well, anyway, I'll talk about hitting a Christian in a minute. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back talking to Jack, uh, Jack here. And Jack, just to clarify, so sometimes in casual conversation, you can talk about people having a misunderstanding about what God does and who God is. And yes, in an evil fallen world, he allows things to happen, but it doesn't mean that he caused it to happen. And he allows people to be born with certain predispositions like to depression, but it doesn't mean that he has caused that. And so sometimes the best thing you can do is not take a guy to church, but to find a group that he might be comfortable in that isn't the big 
church meeting on Sunday morning, if there was some kind of great men's group that he might go to or something like that, a young adult group, uh, that could be the link back to God and back to the church. But your casual conversation clarifying who God really is might be the best gift for him. And I have one other alternative, Jack, as you might guess. Um, (laughs) I would like you to take God off the table, and I want you to lean in, be curious, connect with him, be a friend, be a roommate, because as you create that safe space for him, then those God questions are going to come up. He's not going to feel like you're trying to save him. So it may be like maybe you guys um, begin you know, running together or you do something that's not about the issue, but you become a safe place for him to ask his questions. And guess what? You don't have to have the answer to all of them. That's the freedom. It's just, I don't know, but that's a great question. Let's figure it out. What do you think? You know, and just be open um, because I think that's where the pressure comes from is, oh my gosh, I see that he's, you know, in such a state. What do I do with them? And it's just be there, be present. Jack, I think Becky wins the winner, winner, chicken dinner <laughs> award here on advice because that really is fantastic. And I'm glad you called and uh, I'll send you, uh, every man's Bible, best selling men's study Bible. I think you're going to like that. And, uh, thanks for calling us and really appreciate, uh, you asking that question. A lot of people should be asking that question. All right. Let's go to William, Louisville, Kentucky, listening online and he will be our last caller. Hey, William, how you doing? Doing okay. How are you all today? We're doing all right. How could we help today? Well, we have kind of an interesting situation. Um, our 33-year-old son uh, has a failed marriage behind him and married. And so I told him this like it's an astronaut. Is that analysis? that what will make him happy is to move in with a married couple and their two children and have a relationship with the wife. And he's already moved in there. Uh, When your child tells you, you're not going to understand this and you're not going to like it, when they start to tell you something, they're usually right. (laughs) So uh, you were cutting out on the phone. Did you say that he's moved in with a married couple, right? He's moved in with a married couple and developed a romantic relationship with the wife. Okay. What's the question for us? Because that instantly tells us a lot of stuff, and we're almost out of time. We want to give you some help here. What is the question here? So, how do I maintain a relationship with my son when I heartily disapprove over what he's doing? Yeah. And got to interact with all of these people. Well, first of all, don't do what really crummy parents do and say, I'm fed up with this kid. He doesn't listen to me. It's a blow to your ego. And so you don't talk to him. He needs you now more than ever. And he needs to hear your love for him and your belief in him. When he feels love and senses the belief that good things are in store for him, it's really the only thing he's got going for him that might cause him to decide this is really a horrible thing. Jim, Becky, what do you guys think? I oftentimes uh, say this, William. 
does he, and I know he already knows this, does he know what you believe? Does he know how you feel? Yes. Now, broaden the relationship. And Steve's right. You still show love. You you can be in a relationship and, and totally agree to disagree. He is an adult. He's making a very poor choice. So you show tough love. Tough love isn't being mean or shunning. Tough love is allowing the consequence of what his poor decisions are now doing. He's going to, it's going to crash. If he crashes, you want to make sure that he's coming toward you. You're safe if you still, you disagree um, with him. You've told him that, but now make sure that the, that it's broadened. I always say with adult children, um, the big question they have when they know they're going against your morals and values, do the question they're asking is, do you still love me? And so show him love. Love doesn't mean acceptance on you know the decisions he's making because he's making some real poor choices. But you don't want to be a one-topic parent. Well, and actually, it's acceptance, but it's not agreement or approval. approval, And it's just, you know, but here's what I would say too, William, is you need to grieve. This is a great loss. Um, your disappointment in your son's choices and the way that he's going is it, it bears on you. Like yeah. it's overwhelming. And I think one of the things that happens in, um, those relationships where there's such deep disappointment, that's where anger starts to show yeah. up because you haven't let go of the sadness. And, uh, we always talk about mad wraps around sad and it's easier to get irritated. It's easier to get mad and frustrated. But what you want to do is you want to find a place where you grieve, you connect to God, give that pain to the Lord so that you can do what Jim's talking about, is you can connect with him. He does know what you think. Otherwise, he wouldn't be throwing that in your face. I'm just sad for the family um, that he's infecting. I mean, literally, it's, you know, but I just, it's really, it's a loss, William. And um, uh, hopefully someday you'll call us back and you'll say, you know, he had an about face and it's it's better. He's healed and, and we're moving on. A lot of love, a lot of affirmation of him, the person you've seen all over the years, the persevere, and uh, yeah. You know what's interesting? Because I think a lot of times, here's your justifiable resentment, right? right. You know, William's got a, a point. The son is wrong, he's right. doing wrong, and yet you have no control over what he's doing. Yeah. But you can impact his life and the other people's lives by your approach to it. All right, really glad you called. I'm going to send you every man's Bible. I hope that will be a blessing to you. And, um, yeah, hang in there with that son. You know, when a father has a, a son, let's say a father who is a all-star football player and all that, and the son's a football player and they're quarterback and all that, you know, that son who's doing all this great stuff, um, they need less mm-hmm. than this son. Yeah. And yet the temptation is, man, I, this, I want to yeah. hang out with this trophy son and the other son gets nothing. And it, it's just like everything in God's kingdom. It's opposites day. It's, <laughs> yeah. you just, you need to do the thing that doesn't feel comfortable in doing. And you'll use God or scripture as an excuse to just have nothing to do right. with it. And you know, so often here on the radio, we hear of families with adult children who are estranged. And yes. that's not, that's not going to rebuild it. Yeah. So again, you can, you can be in a relationship and still totally disagree with their values and, and morals. And even if they've strayed from faith for a while and you don't want to be estranged in this no. situation. And if, if you're estranged, you might be the strange one yeah. that has caused that. Yeah. And so you want to, 
undo that. Do you know that's one of the big challenges that we have as believers is to be more like Jesus. I mean, isn't that what we're called to do? And yet what we tend to do is we want to land on the justice and we want to, we want to make sure that they know what is the right way to go. And what we need to do is we need to love them and trust that God's going to work in their life. And that is harder than telling them what they're doing wrong. Well, the big evaluation that every day for me is, uh, am I loving well? Mm-hmm. And if you're loving well, you're probably not loving in easy situations. Well, we love you. Thanks for your uh, listening, and thanks to those that support us, pray for us, appreciate you. If you need some help, 1-800-NEW-LIFE. And um, God bless you today. Hope it's going to be a really good day. And thanks for all of you being here. Yeah, thanks, thanks to you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.